everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole Podcast, where we have Cody Isabel. He's an awesome dude, neuroscientist, honestly an amazing human being who's actually going to be changing the world. And I don't say that about anybody because you know me, I'm a hard ass. Yeah, this guy's going to be changing the world. It's going to be awesome. I'm your host, Rob Turley, co-founder, co-CEO at White Rabbit Intel. We're also trying to change the world here, democratize AI. That's the idea. He's trying to democratize everything else when it comes to cognitive thinking and technology to make it so we can find the greatest strengths, not only in ourself, but control our environment and control ourselves to do amazing things. So, Cody, please take it away. Thanks for having me on, brother. Uh, so, yes, I'm founder, co-founder of CBA Neurotech. Um, CBA stands for Conceive, Believe, Achieve. Um, that is my fa- derived from my favorite quote, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. I've loved it forever, and I very much believed it. Um, our purpose is to recreate the ability to imagine. Um, to us, before you can get out of the matrix, <laughs> you have to be able to imagine a world outside of it, uh, to get outside of that box. Once you're able to conceive, right, the first letter um, of that new world or that new picture, whatever it is, how do you how do you get there? Well, you've got to be able to believe you can do it. So we attack on the, the mental side. Um, why does that voice inside your head talk so much shit? And then the achievement side is breaking it. It's baking cake, baby, right? Like you've got to be able to break down the individual pieces to derive the cake that you want. So what, have you, what do you want to achieve? And then we teach that those individual steps, those skills that you can develop as superpowers. Um, and so we frame this stuff up as um, we, we create heroes. Um, and put people on a, their own little hero's journey that we're all on in our own way. So in English, I'm going to translate that. Pretty much, you're the only person stopping yourself from doing anything. And that's bullshit. Because you don't believe in yourself. You think one thing or another. It's based off paradigms and biases. So stop yes. thinking that you can't do or that you can do. You can do anything. And that's the entire point. You have the ability to. You just need to accept the fact that you can change things about yourself. And you can change things around your reality. Because guess what? Human consciousness can be used to manipulate your environment. If you think that your environment is not manipulatable, then you have a problem. And that problem is one, denial, two, the lack of self-awareness, and three, the lack of consciousness. So if you wanna get into a little bit, Cody, about what you're doing here exactly, like not exactly because it's it's way beyond the the normal, but what is going on here that you're trying, what, is, what are you trying to change is the idea? Well, the boxes that we're kind of all put in, like, I, I think that we are, are, our target right now is 18 to 26. Like they are the, the antithesis of being put into boxes and walking into those uh, paths, not only like externally by their parents, their coaches, their family, society, social media, whatever it is, but um, the, as they're moving out of high school into college and out of college into the real world, their brains physiologically are getting to a place where, oh, I'm searing in these patterns and it's much harder for me to learn um, and much harder for me to take that conscious control you're talking that con- we call I call it agency. You have agency over your life, right? You can use your consciousness to assert that agency, um, but whatever you want to call it, post 30, it gets a lot harder um, to take that conscious control to change your brain in, in that way. Um, and so really helping build and develop brains of those brains of those younger people but you change the young people you can change the future that's very much our our vibe um and so being able to build better brains um with uh, giving them those tools the the tools to uh make those changes are are very very important to us i'd love to get into the deep 
epigenetic shift we're trying to do because uh, our big hairy audacious is epigenetically shifting human evolution so <laughs> i'm sure that was one that rob about to dive into but so yeah i mean i could translate that it's changing the way that we think so that our results are different and not yes. only the way that we think the way that we think is the way that we act it's the way that we perceive things so who what you think equals who you are the experiences you have so focusing less on the environment and focusing more on yourself because if you cannot understand yourself it's hard to manipulate your environment where environmental control is based off of self-acceptance self-awareness and awareness of others and that's all built by looking in to be able to look out and giving get giving people the ability to do so so often people are told no their whole life people are yes. told you can't do that and that's a serious problem you can't means you can't because you believe you can't. If you believe you can, you will. It's not about the how. The how is irrelevant. The how is a delta. It's always changing. I've talked about this in another podcast where the how is always changing. It's a delta. The how is not relevant. If you're focused on the how, if you're focused on something that is never finite, if you're focusing on something that is always changing forms, how are you supposed to understand it? So the how is it's, it's the how of the how. How are you going to figure out the how? You can't figure out the how. That's the one thing right. you can't because we cannot predict the future. So... Let's change the future by focusing on things that we can change that will create the how, right? Right. And for us, that's imagination, creative imagination. And it's, it's, there is a war on imagination going on that we are looking to fuel people with the sword, the weapon, the Iron Man suit, the whole thing. Because like you, and this is like empirical freaking fact, it's terrifying. Five, they, they did a longitudinal study. A five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, same ones, five at five, at 10, at 15, and 25 plus. At five, people test, those kids tested, 98% of them tested at a genius level of creativity, creative imagination. By freaking 10 years old, that dropped to 30%. By 15, it dropped to uh, 13%. And then 25 plus, on most adults, only 2% of us are, have any level of creative imagination. What the fuck? It yeah, what is happened? insane the, where they're shoved into this box. All the things that you just said. No, you can't do that. No, you have to do it this way. No, you have to do it that way. This is how society works. This is how social media works. This is how this works. Wear this, wear that, play this sport, study conform, this thing, go to conform, college. Conform, conform, conform. Plug yourself into the freaking matrix, wake up one day in your deathbed, and that's it. Come on. No way. Yeah, and, and this, this uh, to, to set the setting here, this is not about some anti-government, anti-conspiracy you know conspiracy nonsense bullshit. No, this is absolutely. reality. This is, this is actually happening, is that every day that you wake up, you're told to do something. Or you tell right. yourself to do something, or you make decisions based off of how you were raised, what your parents told you to do, because that's the right way to do it. When in reality, there's no right or wrong. Right or wrong is objective. It's a right. symptom of how people feel in a group. So separating yourself from that, and it's not about how you feel. It's not about what other people will think. It's about what is to you and what you can do to change those things. Um, what's good or bad is, is an idea. So ideas right. can change, and ideas are the root of everything. So Right. I mean, I mean those roots, but action is, is what derives all of those. Your brain does five things. It senses things, perceives things, feels things, thinks things, and, and does things, actions and behaviors. And there are so many times where people think that it, it, you have to be able to sense things to change the actions and to get motivated, to feel motivated to, before you can take action. And that's just the complete opposite of how your brain works. Action creates motivation, literally, in your brain. 
and action creates not only the feeling motivation, it changes the way your thoughts are, it changes what your perception is, it works itself the way, all the way back up and then it sears that in with chemicals, literal chemicals, like this is not fairy dust, these are literal chemicals in your brain and physiological brain structures in your head that then also shift your genetics. It's, it's insane. Like it, this is not like, let's blow some freaking fairy dust, sell some snake oil. This is empirical neuroscience that proves this stuff and people could use it every day. And, and so that is, we really want to make that very simple for people to help them understand you are not some helpless agent that is walking through the world that can only be affected upon. You have the ability to affect the world yourself with your actions. Life does not happen to you. You happen to life. It just Boom. depends on what you decide is the ultimate factor. If you decide that you cannot affect the world, you never will. If you decide that you can't affect the world, you will. And if you have enough determination, it's a, I, I like what you said though, where, you know, motivation just doesn't become born out of the ashes of God knows what um, it, it's, you know, you didn't want to do something and then you started doing it and then you get sucked into it. And then you did it for six hours and don't even know what time it is. The motivation yes. was built from doing it from the start and accepting the fact that you're doing it and understanding I need to do this to do something. And then the motivation will be built as like, you know, it, it, it develops and it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And as you continuously do something, you become more enveloped into it and it becomes more of a process. It becomes more of your reality. And that's what gives us the drive. So, right. And it's a flow superpower. Like, and, and so a very quick example of, of what we do really well is what we're talking about right now, that motivation where you don't want to do it. It literally, it right is norepinephrine. That is the name of the chemical that is flooding your brain making you feel stressed, like, oh, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's uh, whatever it is. And acetylcholine, right, is, is the other one that floods in at the same time, helps you focus. Um, the problem is norepinephrine makes you want, is an avoidance, right? It wants you to get away from that. Back in the caves, norepinephrine flooded your brain when a saber-toothed tiger was running at you. You didn't have time to say, oh, I need to get out of here. No, 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 no. You just ran and you got up. It's and the left. retreat chemical in short. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you want to retreat from that action or behavior. And that is why you think that voice inside your head saying, oh, yeah, I can't do this. No, we'll just do this. We'll do that. Whatever it is. The fun part about it is that this Carol Dweck, lover to death, growth mindset, right? What does that mean outside of a paper? Who knows, right? Well, what it means is it's dopamine. That is the chemical that you, the tool you have as a human being, you consciously, someone who has a growth mindset that says, oh, I can do this. I'm not getting through email. I hate going through emails, right? For me. I'm not done with the 30 emails I got to get through, but I've done three, right? That's a dopamine hit. Dopamine down regulates norepinephrine. So the more that you can put dopamine, right? Laughing, doing things that get you in that flow state, the more you can upregulate dopamine with your own words and thoughts. You can do that. You have conscious control of this. You can downregulate norepinephrine, which then down plays the feeling of i can't do this i want to not do this and upregulates the ability to act you can you down regulate can do norepinephrine often by auto suggestion if you just keep telling yourself yes i can do this yes i can do this you tell it to yourself until you believe it and guess what norepinephrine will not form when you go to do something because it has now become a habit yes yes and then dopamine builds the desire pathway like that that's your desire drug or chemical in your head i so mean the more why do you think people can... do drugs it's dopamine release or serotonin yeah. release serotonin's happiness dopamine is reward system so dopamine i mean when you hear all that like ching, ching, all the bells and whistles and stuff and video games yep. and stuff all of what's happening in front of you is not even real it's not real life you're staring at a screen full of lights that are flashing at you and you are getting thrilled you're getting you're, you 
uh, you're creating dopamine, you're creating serotonin, you're also creating adrenaline and you're getting into it. But what you're looking at is a solid brick with lights. Yes. How do you get so involved with something? If you say that that's not real, it's real that people are becoming involved with stuff like that. It is as real as life because you're feeling it. And what's actually happening is that it's a bunch of zeros and ones switching on and off to make lights flash and you are absolutely enthralled. <laughs> yes, yes, 100,000%. It's, it's crazy. And then you build that pathway with your brain and now dopamine makes you want to go down that path every single time. And it, it's crazy. And it's the... And for us young people, this is hitting young people so, so, so hard because you think about it, my friend, you think of something like any of these massive dopamine hits they're getting at a younger age than they ever have before, they are going to completely, they need help. They need so much help. Can you imagine, like recreate the ability to imagine we're about to have an entire generation of kids that imagines by logging into Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the hell it is. And that's their only ability to imagine. How do you get out of that box? And, and have the ability to be creative and have creative imagination outside of this external thing that all this dopamine is making them want to go to. It's like, holy crap, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they need to rewire it. It needs to be based off of objective learning. Uh, not, and when I say objective learning, I don't mean objective learning. I mean learning based on an objective. There needs to be something. There needs to be a reward in the system in something, some way for them to understand that the most rewarding things are things with results. There are no results with social media addiction. What's your result? I got likes. There, we can create things that are far more powerful than getting a thumbs up on, on, a, on a screen. Right. There are things that are far more powerful than that. And you know, social media companies would not like that because as they start scraping your information, they know what you like, everything like that. They sell it to everybody. They sell the information. You get more targeted ads. How do you think social media companies make money? They sell your data and... They do targeted advertising and they actually offer targeted advertising, as I'm sure most people out there know that you can pay for, for Google ads, Facebook ads, all that stuff. It's all algorithmic and it's all understanding who you are so that they can target it better. Why can we not focus our major personal focus on something that is more important than feeding the people who are targeting us? Right. hundred percent. And the, being able to use this and this is, for us, like our two companies, right? Democratizing data. Like you guys are democratizing the AA of it. Like, holy shit, can we use our data as a shield? Can we, Facebook's cutting our heads off right now with a sword, using our data as a sword. Can we use it as a shield? Is there a way, right? You can't attack it with a non-addictive thing, but right, you can counter. And so um, those, I, I, those are some of the fun things like is with data. But then the other thing that we, we have talked extensively with about, I mean, um, is the personalized personalization of that type of data. Like for us, the, these behavioral changes and these learning programs, customizing that. Our education, like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on right now in education? Um, we need to build to, in the addictive concepts in education as <laughs> are in social media. We can learn from social media. They're not the devil. They're, it's just that it's been manipulated by the public who's been using it. It's the people who are using it because without users, social media is dead. So yes. it's the people who are using it and the way that they're using it is people, people are hurting themselves. Right. It's self-attributed. Yes. And it's one of those things, the, uh, the social dilemma, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it, everyone's mm -hmm. talking about that. And um, one of the things that really perplexed me was this, what they said was, if it's free, you are the product. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Like we are the ones that are, like the, our data, it, we are the ones that, are, that it's not free for a reason. <laughs> and it, that was just a perplexing comment to me that just succinctly was like, oh crap, 
this is a problem. <laughs> nothing in this world is free. Nothing, nothing at all. And that's behind that purpose is that nothing makes, well, nobody makes something free unless there's something in it for them. The what's in it for me concept. Humans are notorious for gr being greedy. Whether you oh, yeah. think you are or not, you are because it needs to have some sort of self-benefit. What oh, is yeah. that self-benefit? What is the nature of that self-benefit? Why are you doing this? Is that reason ethical? Are you doing it for the right reasons that you can accept? And then, then you'll leave a happy, you'll lead a happier life. If you're doing something that you're doing it for the reason that you need to do it for, that you want to do it for, that's great. That can be malicious in nature, but if that's what drives you, that's what drives you, right? And that would have to do with how you were raised, what you believe in and everything like that. So something that is malicious to somebody is not necessarily malicious to someone else. It's just what they need to do to give themselves purpose. So the idea going back all the way to what's good and bad, just because it's bad to you does not mean it's bad to the people that are offering it. Though I can argue tobacco because there's been nothing good with that except for the nicotine. Um, yeah, that's a whole different story. But still, uh, companies are doing things for the right reasons. Maybe gambling is another one too. That's playing off of people's addictions and tendencies, behavioral uh, tendencies. Right. Uh, is that once they start doing something, they have to keep doing it, doing it, doing it because there's that chance. People who are addicted to chance are addicted to gambling. That's the whole point. So give them something right. else that gives them that same chance. But for example, people who are addicted to gambling are usually addicted to making risky moves in the stock market. It's oh, the yeah. same thing. There's a high reward with a high level of risk. How can we replace that? That's my question yeah, exactly. to you, Cody. Yeah, well, so for us, it is literally reframing those things into behavioral interventions. So using that data and reframing that data. So like instead of... Uh, like, so for instance, for, for us right now, it's, it's their neurology and um, their data, right? We're, we're very much collecting data um, and then genetics will be the next piece that we kind of dive into, but being able to reframe that, that usage of data. So instead of like, let's pretend a behavioral change to just simplify that is any type of goal or, or something you want to go achieve, right? Or either something you want to change as far as I'm doing this and I want to stop doing it. Like I overeat by... Um, and nervous, worried, anxious, scared too often. I have bad self-talk. You want to change that? Or it's something that you want to get away from. Like I'm smoking. I'm uh, what another one. Would be, I want to start lifting, whatever that is. So right now <laughs> you go through, you're about to go through a withdrawal. You're trying to quit smoking and data, Facebook pushes you towards a cigarette ad. What the heck <laughs> can instead you be pushed towards a behavioral intervention that allows and empowers you uh, to shift that. So where now, not only is your data being used in, a, in an effective way, but you can also use different types of things, technology like you guys have, right? Where one day we may be able to, 63 days is the neuro, neurological, how long it takes to change a pathway from like a baby little neuron cell all the way to a network of neurons with a new behavior. And that about 63 days. But the more and more data that we so, get. So, so real quick, in English, that means it takes 63 days to break a habit. That's... Yeah. Takes 63 days approximately to break a habit. Break a habit or form a new positive behavior. So create a habit, either one. Uh, and so. Yeah, a habit has a negative connotation too. A habit's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that becomes a normal. That's all. That's yeah, exactly. all habit means. It's just that it's something that you do day to day. And you run on them all day, every day. That's all you do. I mean, just think about it. Think about your typical day. Most people's typical day, they wake up at the same time, they shower. Then they go, they eat the same breakfast. They then go the same way to work they usually do. They interact with the people at work in the same way as they usually interact with them. 
They handle their boss the same way they usually interact with them. They go home the same way. They grab dinner at the same place. They sit in the same place to watch uh, whatever show it is while they're eating dinner. Then they go to bed at the same time, right? Those are all habitual things that they are doing. What I call the matrix, that is your brain <laughs> um, in those rote habit patterns and things. How do you break out of that? It takes about 63 days. <laughs> um, and that's the, how your brain works because it's a dumb organ. People think it's so smart. It's really stupid. It's a dumb organ, right? It wants to spend less energy. If it's running on a subconscious pattern, like I just described, it's not spending energy. If you are having to consciously do something out of those patterns, it has to spend energy. It doesn't necessarily want to do that and wants to preserve itself, right? You just said this. What's in it for me? Your brain is tuned in to WWIFM. What's in it for me? Radio all day, every day, man. And so that is 1,000% um, what it is. You're, you're so right. You, you're running on these habits. It's the nature of the universe is that it's, it's lazy and chaotic. Yeah. So your brain wants to run lazy and chaotic. It's like that with anything, even down to the particle. Lazy and chaotic. Entropy and entropy. Right there. It's the nature of physics, if you want to put it at that. It's not just some, some crazy, like he's saying, fairy dust. It's not. It's, it's just the nature of things. And the things that we could do to improve that that's the question. That's what we're trying to figure out here. It's, it's what can we do to actually combat that? Because we are breaking the laws of nature by doing things every day, by driving ourselves to do things. Um, and like you said, breaking those habits, breaking those things that build up is very difficult. <clears throat> I mean, some of the things are fantastic, like going to sleep at the same time every night. I wish I was plagued with that habit because, my God, I don't even know when. It, it, I, I could be up for two days. I could go to sleep at, at nine nine p.m. or maybe 6 p.m. or maybe three in the morning. I don't really know. It just happens. And um, I don't know. I guess my reality is just a bunch of random occurrences where there's no actual habits built because it, it is a level of self-awareness. Where Why am I going to sleep at nine? That's stupid. I could just go to sleep at 11 or, oh, I need to get this done. So I'll get this. I'll go to sleep at 2 a.m. There is no rhyme or reason, which can be damaging in some ways. It depends on what you're trying to reprogram. Right. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And the, the big thing for us, 18, 26-year-olds, there are a lot of things, high school and college, that they do not learn, right? Like mental health, mindfulness, self-esteem, reframing negative thoughts, emotional regulation, right? Like what the hell? <laughs> How many people are just completely Emotional regulation, my God. It's like, you know, if you're showing any extremity uh, emotions such as anger, that's called being that's called being reactive, not responsive. It was an unthought-through concept where you didn't even take the time to stop and think about it. You're just going, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's primal when really, if you thought about it for a second, you would have thought it through. You wouldn't have done the same ridiculous thing. A thousand percent. And it, it, there's so many misconceptions around those things and so many things that are just not taught that people, I was talking with somebody yesterday and, and it was, I was at a networking event talking to someone else actually. And I was talking about how anger is in a, a set of emotional and, or a set of chemical reactions firing in your brain. It takes about 90 seconds for those chemicals to flood out. I can show your breathing technique, right? To get those out of your brain. And it's crazy, surprise, surprise, when those chemicals leave your brain, anger also leaves your brain. Oh, crazy, right? You are not anger, you are Rob, I am Cody, not anger, right? These are chemical reactions and you have agency over them. Your brain is a predictable physiological machine. You have the levers. <laughs> you just, we're not taking, a lot of people are not taking control of it because it seems, oh, the brain, neuroscience, that's too complicated. I can't do that. False. Just so false. <laughs> it's because you're telling yourself that and you're believing it. it, it yes. 
someone says, oh, I cannot control my anger. Or, oh, I snap. I've got a really short fuse. It's they're telling themselves that if you cannot control your anger, if you truly believe that, that's you saying that you have no control of your emotions. None. Right. It means you let the chemicals just release and you just go blah, 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 blah. You're like you're a puppet. You're a puppet to your own chemicals, which is sad because if you cannot control your own body, what are you doing? Yeah, no, exactly. And it, it's just perplexing to me, the amount of people that go through life in this reactionary way, as opposed to taking control. Like that's one of the biggest things. Everyone wants to feel like they have control, uh, but not a lot of people act in a way that reflects that desire. And it's sometimes out of ignorance. I would say the majority of the time it's out of ignorance. And, and especially for 18, that, that group that we're really focused on, those younger people, um, it's, it's just, they're not taught. They are not taught these things. Um, and so being able to have an entire generation of people who have built better brains that do have those things into the future. Now, holy crap, can you even imagine what's going on? Like, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, because you are a product of your parents without the reprogramming. So that means that will get passed on inherently. It yes. will get passed on. Yes. So it's one of those magical things. One of the, the I guess, you, if you will, superpowers of the human brain is will. If you do oh, yeah. not have the will to change, if you do not have the will to do something, it will not get done. If you have the will to do it, you you can overcome no matter what thought it may be. So there, there's there's memory, perception, reasoning, intuition, will, and imagination. Those are the things that humans could do that no other creature that we know of or have discovered yet can do. That's what makes us different. And that's why we're able to manipulate our environment rather than exist in it. So why aren't yes. we using these things? Why aren't we training these things in schools? Why isn't psychology taught in schools? Why isn't emotional yes. response and emotional uh, intelligence taught in schools? That is the thing that is actually going to make the difference. And those are the things that are not taught because they think that it's some fabricated idea of nonsense and there's no finite answer to it. Well, guess what? There is no finite answer to it. And there's no finite answer to almost anything in this universe. Everything that yeah. we have proven has been proven wrong. Absolute zero. You cannot get below absolute zero Kelvin. Guess what? 2016, late in the year, I think it was somewhere around July, they went, they got to four below absolute zero and discovered a new state of existence called a super solid. Oh, absolute zero. There's nothing below that. Guess what? There is. We right. thought that gas was the loosest form of anything. Guess what? We discovered plasma. We have plasma screen TVs. That is in a state of matter that is higher, that is more energetic than gas can be. It cannot exist, right? So what are, what are these things that we're considering these absolutes? There is no absolute. Every year we discover that the universe is like, what, like four light years further distance or I don't even know the actual statistic on that. We find that it's right. bigger and it keeps growing. When we, there's an end to everything, everything is finite. That is absolutely untrue. But in our world on Earth, it is finite. It's nonlinear. Everything right. beyond us is linear. Thought is linear. The things that don't exist in our inherent environment and our inherent space those things are the things that are linear. Those are the things that are infinite. The things that exist within us, we have gotten used to our inhibitions, which are a nonlinear equation, right? Right. Well, and it's, it's so proven wrong, right? I, I'm, I get in so much trouble. I remember writing research papers where I wrote proven or not proven. And it's like, you can't say that in science. It's like, okay. But if you think about it, expanded is the way, it's kind of the way I think about it. Like there was a stone ax and a stone axe did cut down a tree. Then they created a steel axe. That's also true. Both cut down a tree, but an axe, a steel axe cuts it down better. And then there's a chainsaw, which cuts down that tree even better. And all three are true. 
And so science is ever expanding to me, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a more true, there's a, something that's more like there's Newton's laws and then there was, oh, Newton and Einstein, those guys love OGs. But now we have thermodynamics that have expanded upon those truths. And so we, we, we can keep moving past and people get so stuck in, like science doesn't move forward until people die. I, I hate that saying because it, it just means that these old scientists that are stuck on Newton's laws is the only thing that's true. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Come on. Like things they don't, expand. They don't let the other things cross over. I mean, for example, Einstein was a genius, but guess what? Uh, no, equals MC squared, the speed of light. That is the fastest anything can move, then it becomes light. But guess what? That's not true. If you bring quantum mechanics into the equation, we actually found out that the speed of light is not the maximum speed of anything. Because if you bend light, if it goes through a prism or if it bends in any way, when it's refracted, it's at a constant state of acceleration. Therefore, if you refract light, it's going faster than light. So what is it? Faster There's no the answer to that yet. <laughs> right. Yep, faster mean... than the speed of light. It's true. So that finite, that <clears throat> absolute was proven wrong. And it was proven wrong, I mean, pretty recently, but still. Right. And so being able to accept that, and that goes all the way down. And that's why I've always loved very specifically neuroscience as opposed, not opposed to psychology, but psychology to me has always been, oh, behavior, behavior, behavior. It's like, this is the behavior that's driving. It's a bunch of inferences that are journaled in one place that a group of really fancy people who think that they're scientists decide upon the answer based off of the experiences that they had. Right. When, and so for me, I've always loved this neuroside where it's like, okay, your amygdala is firing and in, in correlation with your prefrontal cortex, this is why you're deriving this type of behavior. And so that has always been more interesting to me because that's the expansion that's always moving along. We're learning more about the brain. We're expanding with neural networks. To grow. Neural networks are, would be a great conversation to dive into as far as the future of brain. And for us, we very, like our big hairy audacious, right, as human, like neurophysiological interfaces. So something like Neuralink, but being able to uh, augment us. I think, Rob, you and I, brother, are going to be the first cyborgs. How many times have we said that? Like, oh, oh, yeah. No, as soon as 100%. they have like a cyborg iron arm, Cody and I are signing up and we're going to be the first people in line. And guess what? Down. They're going to pay us to test on us. You're going to pay yes. me and give me a cyborg arm? Hell yeah, let's go. Like, what? Let's do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll camp outside when no one else is camping. I don't right. even care. Like, you know, that's going to be the most amazing moment of my life as soon as they offer that. I don't care if it kills me. I mean, it's a step forward. Right. When it's the, the maximizing and expanding what we can do as humans, right? And so it's augmenting us. For us, neurotech, we want to augment humans. We don't want to replace them. We want to be able to augment them. We, all of my team has these whoops, these whoop bands that track every single thing, like our sleeping habits and all of our, uh, did we recover? Did we rest enough? How much strain can we put on our bodies? That is an augmentation of, I can't do this. My brain can't pick up the things that this can pick up on, right? This is augmenting my human experience. It's helping me live a better life. And so that is all the technology that we will ever develop is very focused on that. Well, it's it's all the stuff that we cannot consciously track. It's all getting right. tracked subconsciously. It's all getting right. tracked by the body, but there's no way for the body to tell the brain that. When you have a serious problem, sure, yeah, it tells the brain. But if depending on what your your regular habits are, I mean, why why do you think obesity is around? Right. If your brain said stop eating because you're obese, you would stop. That's your body telling your brain, but your your body's not telling your brain that, not effectively. Right. And then until it becomes conscious that you can't solve it, you just don't know what's wrong with you. You're like, oh, something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, because you're not being told what's wrong with you. 
And if right. outside sources, if you don't come to that personal acceptance, people don't change unless they decide to change. You cannot change somebody. That's not a thing. You can plant an idea in their head and that idea needs to be their own idea. It needs to develop on their own for them to decide to change. That's why, you know, all these, yes. I mean, it's a very personal thing. I mean, this is also, um, there's a lot of people who are against what we're talking about right now, but uh, it's a very personal thing where I think that, you know, when you, uh, when you, when you get addicted to drugs or whatever, and then you go to rehab, rehab is bullshit. People only change if they want to, they go to rehab because the court tells them to, they go to rehab yes. because their family wants them to, unless they truly want to stop doing the drug. They're never going to stop. Never, ever, 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 ever stop trying to make them stop. They will go back to it every single time. Sure. It's a habit and it's physically addictive, but if you can, if, if you want to stop, it doesn't matter what physical issues you run into, you're going to, yes. that is a fact. That is a fact that you will stop and, if you want to. And physiologically proven, right? So the, and that's the, that's one of the issues with adults. And, and Dr. Andrew Huberman, I love this guy. He's amazing. And one of the things he talks about, um, and it's my own study, brain plasticity, neurogenesis, all these types of things. Your brain, the easy way to think about it is like a filing cabinet. As a young person, like sub 26, sub 27-ish, it's a, a filing cabinet that's not all the way full. As an adult, it's a full filing cabinet doors that you've got a key that's locked and you threw the key away, right? And so to learn, you have to consciously go and grab, as an adult, grab that key, turn the lock, open it, pull files out, put new files in, close it, lock it, and that is learning as an adult. For a kid, files are open, just shoving stuff in. And so when you want to change behavior, you go to rehab, you're 100,000 physiologically, neurologically, psychologically, genetically correct. And you have got to want to change. Nothing happens. The filing cabinet is locked if you're forced into rehab. And I was literally talking to someone yesterday. Um, they literally went to re they were in, they were going into rehab, but they were there by their own admission. And it's hilarious because all everyone else that was there, they are like locked in. They have all these hours and all this stuff. But all the psychologists, when you go to rehab your, and you self-report and go in, you have, you're completely free because they know that you're not going to try and run away. Why? Because you want to change. And it, 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 even in the rehab centers, they know this. And it's, it's just perplexing to me how we don't like get these behavioral interventions like rehab and just shoving them into a place where it doesn't work. And it doesn't work in education either. It doesn't, there's so many places where if you don't have the conscious desire to do this and change and use that will – that is between your ears, nothing happens upstairs. Nothing. Especially with adults. It, it just, 100%. Yes. A, a, adults need to just, they, they, they need to just make the choice. Make the choice. What do you really want? Yes. Decide what you want and then actually roll with it. Uh, saying it and to, doing it are two different things. Yes. That is one of my favorite sayings. Saying it and doing it are two different things. Because if you, oh, yeah. you can talk about something all day, every day, but guess what? It's all bullshit until you actually take action on it and people fear the action. The reason people fear the action is because they fear change. The reason they fear change is because they, they're, they're uncertain. The, the greatest fear of humankind is uncertainty. Uncertainty is one of the only things that's absolute. We cannot be certain. So uncertainty, just accept it. It's a thing. Accept right. it. It doesn't matter. It's, well, you're uncertain. Everybody else is uncertain. It's not like someone else knows better than you. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, you can think it's going to happen. You can calculate it, but whether it does or it doesn't is a whole different story. Well, yeah, and you were talking about this earlier, but we go away from pain or the what our brains are trying to do. Like they're they're in it for themselves because it's trying to keep us away from pain or go towards pleasure. And so when you're talking about change, change in your brain kills brain cells. It does, right? It really, really does. And so that makes that means when you are creating new brain cells and killing new brain cells, 
there is cell death happening. Like it's like you cut your hand or something, there's death happening in your brain and it's painful and your brain wants to get away from pain. So not only, right, is uncertainty a fact, <laughs> it hurts your brain and that's why you physiologically want to get away from it as well. Yeah, and often when someone's telling you something you don't want to hear, where it's a different idea, it actually physically hurts. Oh, it yeah. physically hurts. You know, you know when you break your heart? Oh, oh yeah, no, you just got out, you know, you're your uh, three-year girlfriend or fiance or whatever broke up with you, or you just got a divorce, you are physically in pain. Why are you physically yes. in pain? It's just a concept. It's a concept. It doesn't, there's nothing that hurt you. Why does it hurt? It's because your brain is telling you that you hurt. Yes. Yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, perception is reality. Uh, that saying is, is true. That is so true. <laughs> what you were talking about earlier, like you, when you're looking at a screen, what, the hell why do i see your face dude what is happening is that i am seeing a shit ton of photons hit my retina that is what's happening in reality but my brain is perceiving my reality as your face and telling me that is what i'm seeing and, and it's just crazy how powerful this thing is upstairs like it's it's it like it's like to a lot of animals like your pets when you're watching tv the reason they don't watch with you is because it's just a lit up box that they're staring at and they just don't understand or like for if my cat was watching me do this right now for example she would think that i am just staring at a brick having a conversation with it and will be totally confused it doesn't make any sense right. why do you think animals don't interact with that stuff if they hear the voices that's one thing they can't tell the difference between uh machine than they would with a person in the sense of they hear a voice so it's a voice and it's happening because there's no way for them to to perceive what's happening or actually understand the concept so when we're talking to our computers and our pets are watching they probably think we're nuts we're crazy absolutely oh, yeah. and they can't smell it dogs specifically their unveil which is just like the their sensory perception of the world is smell so to see they smell like they dogs actually do not see you as an owner they smell you and so it's, they're probably like, what the hell? I can't even smell this computer. So they're probably just even more confused. Like, what the heck is this thing? It's got Doritos all over. I want to lick it. But otherwise, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> right, right. I, that's, that's the craziest concept to me. It's just that, you know, we're at such a high level. So all humans, just people in general, just take responsibility for the gifts that you are given. That's right. like the ultimate takeaway here. Take responsibility for those gifts that you are given. You're given memory, perception, reasoning intuition, will, and imagination. Take those things and do something with it. You want to leave a mark on this world? You're not going to leave a mark on this world by sitting on the couch. You're going to leave a mark on this world by making change. Change hurts, but understand the process is going to hurt. You need to take risks to get rewards. And you need to take those risks in the right way. Don't take a risk based off of, oh yeah, no, I made this really light investment into this company and I'm not sure if it's going to grow. Uh, yeah, no, let's let, let's do something. Not Not just wait for somebody else to do something for you. Because that's what people do. They wait. They wait. I don't like waiting. The idea of waiting is ridiculous to me. Um, waiting is just sitting there doing nothing. That's what you're doing. You're just waiting. There's nothing happening around you. You're doing nothing. You cannot wait for an opportunity. You have to create it. So instead of waiting, you should be creating. And if you're creating, that's how you're going to get results. Right. One, that, right feeling or senses, perceptions, feeling, thoughts, and actions, feeling, thoughts, and actions being the most important. Waiting is typically a bouncing back and forth between I feel certainly I think I feel I feel I feel I think I feel I think I feel I think and they get stuck in that loop instead because it's like, well, I'm, I'm wait, I, I think I need to wait till I feel this way. Oh, I feel this way. I think I need to wait until I'll right and they go back and forth. 
And so if you can get yourself out of that loop and start to consciously start to call us out, like, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? What am I feeling? What am, what's causing this? You can start to derive action. And then once you take action and step over into that, cross that threshold um, into action, now you're like, oh, I'm feeling different things. I'm thinking different things. And your life starts to change. Literally, because you have coaches, new feelings and thoughts. Mindset coaches call that the terror barrier. That's what they call it. When they're, when they're trying to help reprogram and everything like that, they call it the terror barrier because you're afraid. You don't know what's going to happen next. But the thing right. is, nobody knows what's going to happen next. Just do it. Just do it. Making decisions. As soon as you come up with a decision, don't be rash and be reactive. You should be responsive. When it's thought through, just make the decision. It's like, oh, as soon as you start getting that that denial and the whole like, oh, well, what if, oh, well, what if, or but, or all that stuff, or oh, I can't do this because it's, it, it has nothing to do with any of that. Just make the decision. Because as soon as the decision is made, that's when the action is going to start. So stop waiting to make the decision. Make the decision and then take the action. What's the line for you then? I would love to understand that. We, like between thinking through what you're doing and just doing crazy dumb stuff without thinking about it at all. Is, is there a line? For, how do you determine that? I'd, I'd be curious to hear. <laughs> uh, the way that I determine that is that I have done a lot of stupid shit throughout my life without actually <laughs> thinking it through and made a lot of mistakes. So it's through the failures that I learned what the line was. So you need to learn through experience. You need to make mistakes to be able to learn because mistakes are the only way that you truly do learn. Education is one thing. Knowing stuff is one thing. Doing stuff is the other thing. If you know and then you do, your outcome will vary. The outcome varies through experience. So if you know that. something and then you do it, you could fail and it could be a stupid decision, except you don't know that's a stupid decision until you've been there because you could have made a decision that someone else did that was a stupid decision for them, but it's not a stupid decision for you. Like a lot of people, they start a company, become an entrepreneur. They were not the right person to become an entrepreneur because it's too much risk. They lost all their friends. They lost their family. Their entire business crashed. They lost hope. And then they lost everything and they don't know what to do. And oh no, what am I going to do? I work at a KFC. Blah, blah, blah. And since you weren't actually up for the risk, you weren't willing to actually do that. That's your own damn fault. You just didn't think it through. That risk is always there the whole time, but you let the risk take over your thought. It's not about the risk. If you truly want to do something, you will do it. So, so, so my advice to people is if you want to do it, fuck it, do it. Fuck it. That's it. Live in a world of fuck it. What's going to happen? Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Go for it. Right. it, it who cares? Who cares? You, it's your life. You're not messing up anybody else's. If you have a wife and kids and stuff like that, I mean, be responsible. You have to think of others. But at the same time, if you're hindering your ability to succeed because of your environment, which, is, which could be wife and kids, which I'm not saying absolutely take care of them and everything. It's just that if there is a calculated risk with it and you know you can do it, you're going to end up doing it. If you feel like you can't oh, and yeah. you're still taking the calculated risk, you're not going to. Yeah, that's a fine line. And obviously, everyone's at a different place in their life. And there's different like variables that you have to take into account. Um, but that's my favorite. Rule 51 for us at CBA is bucket. Literally, rule 51 is bucket. <laughs> there's no other rules. That's the first rule. That's the only rule. That it just... It, 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 it's the easiest one because uh, on the other side of fear is always confidence. Like Will Smith talks about this. I love that. Like on the other side of fear is confidence, like that terror barrier, whatever the hell you want to call it, get on the other side of it. And all of a sudden, like you're saying, holy crap, look what happened. Look at, look at the people <laughs> that learned. are, in, look at the people that are in positions of power. It's because they're confident. They know they could do it. Confidence is a form of ignorance. Intelligence has nothing to do with confidence. You can be the smartest person in the world and you get nothing done. You live a yes. life day to day, in an office, in a cubicle, getting shit on by your bosses. 
it doesn't matter. You can you can know everything that you want to know, but action is built from confidence, and that has to do with self awareness, self acceptance. So, if you're if you're unconfident, you're not going to do anything. It's a fact. Just just accept yourself. You'll become confident. People can feel your confidence. They can literally feel you when you walk into a building. They're like, wow, who is that? I need to know them. You've never met this person in your life. And do not ever lie either saying that you have not felt that because everybody has. If you say you have it, you're a liar. You oh, felt gosh. the person. Come you on, felt yeah. their entrance. You look at them, you go, oh my <clears throat> God, who is that? And it's because of that confidence. It's because you are literally holding yourself on a high horse. Just like, yeah, I can do this. I know who I am. That is where power comes from because some of the most powerful people in the world are some of the stupidest people I've ever met. I'm <laughs> saying, yeah. It's proprioception. I mean, that, there is real fi- science fact to this. Like, if you've ever felt, maybe SEALs train this actually, but if you've ever like gotten one of those feelings like, oh, and you look and someone's looking at you, that's your proprioception. You, I mean, you truly, literally, 100% can feel others. There's even some actually emerging research on consciousness. There's always been this mind-body thing for consciousness. Uh, but the new, this this is obviously research. So it's a suggested what, what the research suggests <laughs> to be PC here, yes, theory, um, is that the, it's an energetic field. And so you have, uh, you, your brain communicates with neurochemical, um, neurochemical signaling. And so there are, like within those cells, there are electrochemicals that are actually creating a pulse of energy. But then that, like any other wire or any other electrical signal, it, release, it releases a field around it. And that field in your brain creates the field around you. And that's what, they're, that's what they suggest. Um, their theory of consciousness is that energy field that is created by the electrochemical signals that are, your brain is firing. But there's a field, a magnetic field, electromagnetic is the easiest way, a field around those electrochemicals in your brain that creates your consciousness. And when our energy fields interact, that I can feel that. That's the feeling, that, and that's proprioception. And, and what you're describing is... is that confidence exudes a larger and stronger electromagnetical field. And it does leave you your, your, what you would consider your physical body, leave you and go what you're talking about, projecting that feeling out that confidence, hundred percent science. Well, not science fact, but it, there's a research it's, it's, paper. It's about theoretical, it. <laughs> but it does make sense. Cause we do feel it. We experience it every day. Yes. hundred percent. Uh, um, so explain it's just that we don't have a way to properly explain explain it yet um so you know when you have that connection with somebody let's say you find who you think is the one right whatever that means it means that you have a connection with that person why is that connection happening why do you feel that there's no way for science to explain why you feel that it's probably because you match up well with what you're talking about it it could be but we still yeah. don't know to this day um yeah. Yeah. we still don't know why we feel emotions we still don't understand where the consciousness exists because it's not in this plane it may be in another it's not measurable it's not right. it you, you you can't hold it anything like that there there are physical things happening constantly uh your brain is made up of a bunch of cells which are made up of a bunch of electrons and neutrons and uh protons and everything like that which everything you can really kind of equate to waves but those things together are creating something that is completely conceptual it's creating right. something with opinions uh you know this 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 bluetooth right here doesn't have opinions and it's made up of the same stuff i'm made up of pretty much it's pretty much mostly carbon yeah. Right. Carbon. Yeah. So, yeah. so why, why doesn't this have feelings and why do I have feelings? 
It, th that's right. the idea. It's just that what what gives me the ability to to think, act, be, do, imagine, and what is even imagination? It's it's a false reality. You're thinking outside of what is in your environment. So what does that mean? That's that's the question. What is it? Right, and it's like the most fun question ever. I've always been so perplexed by it, and it's consciousness, mind, body, like. There's so many mind, body, spirit. There's so many different concepts and theories, and it's just so fun. And I'm that's a rabbit hole, my friend, <laughs> that I love going down very often. <laughs> it scares most people. It scares most people. To yes, think it that does. Deep because there are no answers. And then again, human yep. fear, uncertainty. Like, uh, what, what was it? Uh, I remember seeing a list back in like 2016. Um, the greatest fears of humans. So that is it, the, the greatest fear of humans is public speaking <laughs> from the list really? that I saw. Wow. I don't know how credible it was, but what I saw public speaking is number one, because they're afraid of what people will huh. think of them. They're uncertain how the outcome will go. They fear that they're uh, going to make mistakes. So it's the fear of humiliation, really. Right. Well, because well, being humiliated, yeah. you are publicly. And then people think back to the, to the primal state is that I'm going to get kicked out of uh, the group. I'm going to have to fend for myself. Like I'm no right. longer in the tribe. That's what, that's what it comes from. The next right. greatest fear is getting buried alive. Ooh. The reason getting buried alive is a fear. So below that is death. So right. getting buried alive and death are the same exact thing. It's just that there's suffering involved and then getting burned alive, drowning to death. And then the next greatest fear after that is commitment. <laughs> commitment. Commitment. Wow. Why do you Ooh, think this that? This is an interesting. What, I need so to look this up. I heard on the radio when, uh, God, what was this? This was a... Uh, it was it was it was winter 2015. I heard on the radio that um, I it was it was in Rochester, New York. Uh, the chances of getting divorced if you get married are 49.5 percent. It's because in the Rochester? greatest one of the greatest. Yeah, that was in. I'm not sure what region. It might have been Monroe County, but that was the thing. Is that people? I mean, the global statistic is not much better than that. Um, but the reason why is because people fear commitment. They they commit to something and then they feel like there's no way out. There's no there's no chance to leave. Um, they're afraid of what's going to happen if it's actually going to develop to something good. So it's that uncertainty, that fear of uncertainty, that top human fear, that that fear of humiliation is what's driving everything else. And fear is right. what drives people. And fear, what people don't know, is controllable. You're only scared if you decide you're scared of it. There's no reason to be scared of it. You're scared because you don't know. And again, that ties back to knowledge is not everything. You can know everything in the world and do nothing. So the people who do not fear the uncertainty, the people who do not fear the commitment to actions are the people who are going to become successful. And that's really the secret to success is what I would call it is that not fearing the unknown, the uncertainty, the, 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 the ability to do actions and outcomes is just do it. The people who right. just do it. I mean, for, I'm saying Nike's freaking slogan. I mean, literally, <laughs> that's, that's what true, it comes yeah. to. Just do it. There's what's right. stopping you. Just do it. And then, you know, you, you only live one life that we know of, at least, uh, unless there are, you know, our, our, our Buddhists and Hindus out there. Um, you only live one life. And well, at least in this life, you will never sure. know that if you could do anything with yourself unless you do it. Right. Well, Will Smith is uh, the Nike, one of the Nike guys. And I, he put out a thing, a quote or something. He's like, if you can't beat the fear, just do it scared. I was like, hell freaking yes i, I live love for that, that. shit <laughs> i live for that shit because guess what if you're scared that means it's working 
Like if it oh, hurts, yeah. it's working. You know that old say, oh, it shouldn't hurt. You remember that stupid uh, Colgate commercial where it's like, oh, yeah, if it's hurt, it's working. And it's like the grandpa talking about the mouthwash and the kid's just like, no, we have this new mouthwash, blah, 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 where it doesn't, it, there's no alcohol in it or whatever. Well, guess what? Right. If it hurts, it's working. And that's from a much greater scale than just that. Sure, there's other things where we can dull the pain and all that, but it was through the pain that we we're able to solve that pain problem. Right. Well, yeah. And that's fear, scared, all of those things. Again, we talked about this earlier with anger. It's the same thing. You are not fear. You are Rob. It's reactionary. Chemical. Yes. Your body is reacting to a set of chemicals that are being released in your brain. You have conscious control. You can shift what chemicals are releasing and feel not fearful because it is a chemical reaction. It is not who you are. Love it. Love it. So we're almost out of time here. Uh, it was great so far. My God, Cody, it's always the best to talk to you. And we got really Hell deep yeah. into that. I hope everybody was really understanding what we were talking about, or at least has have some takeaway where, you know, just take action, live your life and do things that are inhibiting you. Your inhibitions are your death. That's it. As soon as you, you know, that, that saying like, oh, as soon as the old guy stopped doing, that's when he died. Uh, yeah, it's when you give up. It's when you stop doing, it's when you stop actually pushing yourself because you're taking the lazy and chaotic route. Stop taking the lazy and chaotic route. Just do things with yourself. And then, you know, this man right here will help drive our younger people to become something greater than themselves, to do more. And I'm excited to see where that is. Remember, there is a kid. One of our favorite sayings is adults are just kids wearing costumes. There is a kid inside of you that can imagine things, conceive of a different future, believe in themselves and go achieve that shit. A hundred thousand percent. Right, kids learn to walk. They fall on their ass over and over again. Right, they didn't stop trying because they were fearful of someone's opinion. Oh, they saw me fall on my ass. I'm not gonna walk. No, that doesn't happen. Right, get that kid outside of you. Start to be creative and imaginative again, and go achieve the shit you want to in your life. And one thing I like to say, actually, it's it's more of a joke, but uh, kids are just adults on acid. There you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's just it's it's it just take all the logic and reasoning out, and then add a bunch of questions. But yeah. It's the same thing, really. I mean, yeah, uh, I would think so. But uh, anyway, thank you, Cody, so much for joining us today. It was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And um, all of our listeners out there, uh, thank you for listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. Hashtag DTRH podcast. Hashtag follow the white rabbit. If you follow me, fantastic. If you like to comment or whatever else, um, I will share it as long as you tag us. If you don't tag us, I won't know that you shared it. So, you know, that, that's how it works. Anyway, thank you so much and uh, look forward to, you know, tuning in next week. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Down the Rabbit Hole podcast for new episodes weekly on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. If you'd like to apply to be featured on the podcast or recommend a featured guest, please feel free to email us at the team at whiterabbitintel.com.